Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Man, it's a great day. Amen. I could in call better together. But before we dive off into that, let me call better together. But before Jay, my wife, Stacy and I are the lead pastors here. Our first time guests, I'm Jay, my wife, Stacy and I are the lead pastors here. It's so good to have you with us today. And we hope that you feel right at home here at Journey Church. And let's take a moment also to welcome all the ones who are joining us online. Uh, every Sunday we have people all over the area that, that tune in online and watch us. So let's give, let's give them a great big hand clap this morning. Welcome them. So good to have you with us today. And I do want to take a moment to invite everybody to come out tonight to be a part of step three of our growth track. Uh, a lot of people want to know about getting involved, and we love our serve team here at Journey. And step three is all about discovering the giftings that God has placed in your life and how you can use those giftings uh, to build the kingdom simply through, through serving. We're called to serve, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And this evening at 5 o'clock, you can come. A lot of you have signed up to be here, but if you have not signed up yet, you can either go on the website, takethejourney.tv, and register and plan on being here tonight at 5 o'clock. It's going to be a blast. And then I also want to take a moment, this series, I'm so fired up about it, uh, been planning about it, because this is one of the phrases that we use here at Journey. When we talk about life groups and doing life together, we say that we are better together. In other words, nobody should have to go through life alone. And so many people say, hey, look, I'm too busy for a life group. And I'm just going to tell you, if you were too busy to be a part of a life group, you're too busy. You need to slow down a little bit, enjoy fellowship, enjoy growing in relationship with other people within the body of Christ because you are better together. And here's where we're going with this series. Somebody would say, was this a marriage series? Yes and no. We're going to talk about tons of stuff throughout this series because the heart of this series is unity. Everybody say unity. We need to be walking in unity within our lives or we have peace within our heart and within our life. And so today we're going to talk about unity between us and God. And so this is one of those messages that, that reaches all of us. And we are going to take a week. We're going to devote it to marriage. We're going to talk about the family, the household, uh, husband and wife, how we can have unity within our homes. And next week, we're going to do something a little bit different because a lot of times when you do a series of this nature, people who might be at the season in life where they're single, they say, well, well, this counts me out. This series is not for me. And that's uh, so far from the truth. And so what we're going to do next week we're going to take next Sunday, we're going to devote it to uh, speaking to all of our, our, our friends who are in the season of life where, where they are single. And if you're here and you're married and you say, well, uh, that means we get a Sunday off next week. No, no, that's not what that means, okay? What that means is because there's principles we're going to teach next Sunday that apply to all of us. But it also means that you need to get on the phone, get on social media, whatever, and invite every person you know who is single and tell them to be here next week as we look at how uh, when we, if we're in that season of life where we are single, we can have unity, the peace of God at work within our life. And then here's what's really cool. We're going to close this series out the, the first Sunday of March. We're going to do a Q&A session. Uh, and what we're going to do through that is uh, that if you have a question, you can submit it regarding how, how can I know what peace really looks like in my life? What, you know, I'm walking through this within my marriage. I'm, you know, I, in my life, how, how can I know what it's like to hear the voice of God? If you have questions, we're going to let you submit them. And then the first week, uh, first Sunday in March, we're actually going to close out this series by answering questions. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
But one of the things that we, we've done with this series, Stacey and I have always had it in our heart to do a, a marriage conference, and we're not quite there yet, but we wanted to kind of test the waters this year, and we're doing what's called a Better Together Date Night on February the 22nd. You guys, listen to me closely. If you said, hey, I want to take my wife or my fiance out on a date, but I, I don't know how, how, you know, how can I be creative and all this. We've done all the legwork for you, okay? We have made it so easy for you. All you have to do is go online. You do have to register because we're having, a, we're having food. And so for $25 a couple, it covers all of your food. It covers dessert. It covers child care. Man, that's cheap right there. And uh, we're going to get together. And Stacey and I have some stuff we want to share with you. And then we're also going to do a panel uh, made up of quite a few couples where we're going to answer questions and whatnot. So we're going to have a fun night. Uh, that's Better Together Date Night, February 22nd. Go online and sign up because it is going to be a blast and you don't want to miss it. Now, here's what we're doing. We're in this series that we're starting today, uh, Better Together. Uh, we're going to talk about unity because one of the things I've discovered is there are things that, that are better together. And we are so much better uh, when we try not to do things with an independent mindset. That's our sin nature that says, you know what? I don't need God. I don't need anybody else. I got this. I could do this on my own. We want to be very independent. And, uh, but the reality is we're better when we're together, walking in unity with God, uh, within our households, when we have peace at work within our marriage, when there's unity there uh, with our kiddos, uh, when we're walking in, in friendships with other believers and there's unity, we stand together in unity, there's peace, that's an awesome thing. When there's unity within the church, that's a great thing, would you agree with that? Uh, we are better together. And one of the things I started thinking about, I, I always associate stuff with food. Sorry, that's just how the Lord made me. Uh, but, you know, like I, I love peanut butter and jelly. I love uh, Reese's peanut butter cups because chocolate and peanut butter, they're amazing together. Although I have recently discovered one of the greatest creations that mankind has ever come out with. Uh, and that is, have y'all had the M&Ms with the, the, the caramel in the middle of them? Look, they've come out with a lot of stuff. Those are amazing, Okay. So now chocolate and caramel together, amazing. That's just a little bonus note I just threw in there for y'all. That, that's not even in my notes. But one of the, the traditions we have within our household is that we, I like to make pancakes. And on Saturdays, I like to make pancakes for the family. And uh, everybody knows that pancakes go great with Bacon. syrup, okay? <laughs> that's second, Okay. Bacon goes good with anything. <laughs> but, but pancakes and syrup go hand in hand. Somebody hollered out peanut butter, and I asked them to come let me pray for them uh, in the first service. Because pancakes and syrup, they just go together. Now, here's one of the things that you did not know about Pastor Jay. Say, saying I love being transparent with y'all. Uh, kind of what you see is what you get. And, and you guys know, especially on the serve team, they know that I, like, I'm OCD. Like I like things a certain way. I'm a clean freak. There are times where I can be known as a germaphobe. I wash my hands a lot because uh, I used to work in a hospital and, and germs are just gross. And uh, one of the things that, that is kind of one of my pet peeves is I don't like stuff that is sticky, okay? And so syrup, if, if you are not aware of it, is uh, it's sticky, okay? So any syrup, honey, jelly, if I like get it on my hands, it freaks me out and it like it's like there forever. And so even if you wash your hands, it's still there. And what's bad is if you, you, you get it on your hand and then you touch something else and it's there, and so you wash your hands and later you're like, well, where did this come from? And so it's one of those things that just kind of, it messes me up. And I love to go to Waffle House. Waffle House is one of my favorite places in the whole world. 
But when they bring that syrup and Stacey orders a waffle and they put it on the table, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Lord. Because it's all running down. It's sticking to the table. And, and I'm like, you know, get, take that away, please. Uh, I like syrup, but it, it you know, just it's, it's sticky. And uh, so I go to IHOP and I eat there and I'm praying the whole time, Lord, keep the syrup away from me. But within our household, when the boys were little, when they were probably three, four, five, six, somewhere around in there, and I would make pancakes or we would have waffles, I told Stacy one day, I said, hey, listen, there will be no syrup for, for, the, for the waffles or pancakes. And she was like, why? And I'm like, because the boys are going to like get that all over them and we will never get it out of the house. It's going to be everywhere in the house. Everything's going to be sticky. And so, no, it's just not going to happen. And she said, no, listen to me you need therapy or something, but <laughs> pancakes and syrup, they're better together. They go together. And I'm like, no, it's just not going to happen. And I, I'm, I'm proud to say I won that argument. Okay. So do, do not judge me. Okay. So, and so the boys, when they were growing up, they never had syrup with their pancakes. Come on people. It really, I'm just going to tell you, we made it up with bacon, okay? We, here, have 20 pieces of bacon. It's all good. Uh, no, seriously, because I, I just didn't want syrup all over everything. Little, you know, four-year-old running around getting syrup everywhere. It's just this bad. And so here's the deal. So we get, the Lord eventually delivered me from that, and syrup is amazing. But here's the deal. Now at our house, we make pancakes and Mrs. Buttersworth and maple syrup and all this kind. Of, we got like four different types of syrup, cane syrup in the pantry, in the refrigerator. And I'll pull it out and I'll make pancakes. And I'm like, here you go, boys, have syrup. And guess what? They don't want syrup now. They're like, no, we, we, we don't eat syrup. We ra you raised us up. You deprived us when we were children. And so now... We don't, no, we don't eat that. And I'm like, hey, don't you know that pancakes and syrup, they're better together. And they're like, well, Dad, thanks for warping us when we were children. But I'm just kidding. I'm kind of dramatizing a little bit. But there are things that go better together. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When we're walking through life and we are in unity with the Spirit of God... That is an awesome thing because it is better for us when we are not walking through life with an independent mindset, but we learn to be dependent on God. And so we go into Scripture, and this is where I'm going to take you today. Go to the book of Matthew chapter 16, because today we're going to talk about, we're going to lay the foundation for this series simply by talking about uh, being in unity with God. Because here's the thing, how do we know, this is probably one of the most often asked questions of me as a minister, how do you know when you're in God's will? How do you know when it's God directing you? How do you know when it's not just you? And the reality is that sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't get it right, okay? And what I love about this passage of scripture that we're about to look at here in just a few moments is that you see one of the heroes of the faith, he gets it right, okay? He knocks it out of the park and you see that he is in unity with the presence of God. And it's the time whenever Jesus was with his disciples, he was hanging out with his life group, and uh, he said, guys, I just, I'm just, i curious, what are the people in the community saying about me? And, and they said, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist, others say that you're Elijah. And, and then he looked at him and he said, well, what about y'all? You know, you guys spend the most amount of time with me. What do you think? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, he said, you know, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And this is what Jesus said to him. You go into Matthew chapter 16, you look at verse 17, Jesus replied, 
Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Look, look at your neighbor and say, Peter got it right. He did. He knocked it out of the park. He's the man. And how many times have we gotten it right where we say, you know what, I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm in his will. I'm in his plan. I'm walking in the purpose that he has for me. I, woohoo! But then how many times have we gotten it wrong where we made a decision and it's like, man, God, where, where, where were you in that, okay? Like, I miss God. Because you go down, I'm not kidding, I'm not making this stuff up. You go down four verses. Now, there's a, a, a period of time here. Theologians have debated as to how long of a period of time it was. Was it a couple of days? Was it a week? Was it a month? What was it? And they had their different ideas and opinions, but we do know that there was a span of, of some time here. It may have been a couple of days later, whenever Jesus decided to share with his disciples, his life group, and he's saying, hey, guys, there's going to come a time where I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to give my life for all of mankind. And Peter, this is what it says. You go to verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, straight up, he was a, he's rebuking Jesus, all right? This has trouble written all over it. He took him aside. He began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Now, you see that his intentions are okay. It's kind of like, Jesus, we love you so much. We're never going to let that happen to you. But... Look what Jesus' response. Now, this is the guy. He just said a few moments ago, hey, this type of faith, we're going we're to build a church on. It's going to be awesome. But Jesus turned to him and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He just said a couple verses earlier, Peter, you got it right. Man, your faith is amazing. But now he's calling him Satan. He's like, hey, listen, you have missed the boat, partner, Okay. You are not in unity with, with what I'm trying to share with you. So what that teaches me and it encourages me is that here's Peter, this great hero of the faith. Man, he knocked it out of the park. He got it right, but he also he missed it big time, and he didn't get it right. And every one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, we have all had those moments in, in life. So how can we get to the place where we are walking in unity? Because we are better together with the presence of God. In other words, you can do some stuff on your own, but man, with the presence of God leading you, with the Holy Spirit empowering you, you can do some amazing stuff to build his kingdom. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. How do we know when we are in unity with God? How do we know that we're walking in his will, his plan, and his purpose for our life? And in your bulletin, you have sermon notes, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to actually share with you the five filters that I personally use. Whenever I have a decision to make, whenever I'm up against something, uh, these are the, the actual filters that I use to know, God, this is the right decision. I feel you leading me through the Holy Spirit. I know that I'm in unity with you based off of these filters that I apply. And here's the first one that I do. When there's a decision to be made, and I want to make sure that, that I'm making that decision with the Holy Spirit leading me because I'm better together with him, and it's this, what does the Bible say about that? Now, I know what you say, Pastor Jay, that's cliche. We talk about that a lot around here. But quite honestly, here's why that's so important for us to know what does the Bible say when there's a decision to make. Because you need to understand and know that God's never going to contradict what he's already said in his word, okay? In other words, if there's something that comes along as a decision that I have to make and it goes contrary to his word, 
then I know that that's not, a, that's not something that's of God for my life. And here's what I want you to get down in your heart. This world that we live in, it changes. If you look back over the course of time, just for the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, you have watched steady change within our society and our culture. And even though culture changes and society changes, God's word never changes. God doesn't just say, hey, you know what? When I gave that uh, to the authors to write down to pen through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, here we are several thousand years later, and and I've changed my mind on that, okay? God does not operate that way. His word is truth. His word is something that we can stand on, that we can build our lives on. So when I make a decision, I'm always going to say, what does the Bible say? What are the principles that he teaches me in his word based off of this decision that I have to make? And Luke 21, 33 says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And we live in a world that says, you know what? The Bible Over the course of time, the Bible evolves. It changes to fit our society. And here's the thing. That is the biggest lie of the devil you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, The Bible does not change to fit culture. Culture should change to fit what the Word of God says, okay? And so here's why it's so important for us to get the Bible in our heart is because the Word of God will actually help help you see through the lies of the devil that he's going to throw in front of you, okay? And so you need to know. I have a decision to make or I'm faced with this in life and this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, but what does the Bible say? And you go into the Word of God and and, and that's why I would tell you to get you a good topical Bible. Get you uh, one of the little books that I use on a regular basis is where they take the Word of God and they break down different topics where you can flip it open and and the one I have is called The Word for You Today And, and what it does, you flip that thing open and it shows like in times of anger, in times of, you know, where I need God's peace, in time of depression, in times of, you know, financial turmoil, whatever, and it gives you different scriptures that you can look at and apply in that situation Uh, and so you need to know whenever I'm facing these things in life and I have a decision to make I want to be in unity with with the spirit of God the Holy Spirit leading me and directing me but what does the word of God say about that here's the next thing that I always ask myself to make sure that I'm in unity with God because I'm better together whenever I'm walking with the Holy Spirit leading me is am I in a healthy place with God now you might say well well well, of course you're in a healthy place with God You're, you're a pastor but guess what Here's what I'm going to throw your direction. How many of you in here as believers have ever had a season you walked through where you just you kind of felt kind of dry? Anybody? Okay. How many of you as believers have ever had a season where you were like, God, well, I don't understand what's going on. You ever had one of those happen? How many of you in here have ever had one of those things like I, I'm, I'm praying and, I, and I'm just not hearing the voice of God? God, where are you in this? Anybody ever had that? Here's the thing. You might say, well, you're, you're a pastor. You don't ever face those things. Guess what? I, I might be a pastor. That's the position, the office I hold. But I'm a human being as well, okay? And so get, there are times in my life where the Holy Spirit challenges me. He tries to stretch me. He tries to grow me just like all of you. And there are seasons that I have walked through in my life where it's like, man, God, what is going on? And I'm going to be honest with you guys, be transparent with you. I actually, at the beginning of the year, just came out of one of those seasons in my life where I was feeling, for whatever reason, just kind of, just kind of dry. And, and, and I'm, I'm praying, and I'm spending time in the Word, and I'm talking to the Lord. But it was just kind of like, no matter what I was doing, it just was a season where I just kind of felt dry. And, and it was a season where the Holy Spirit was challenging me, like, kind of like, are you going to stay in this, or are you going to push on through this? 
I'm going to tell you something. When you go through a difficult season in your walk with the Lord, you need to push on through. Don't stay where you are, but push on through that. And here's what happened for me. When we went into the seven days of prayer and fasting, I made a decision that I was going to spend more time in, in worship. And so I went on Spotify, made a specific worship playlist, and, and I just began to listen to that in my, in my truck. Whenever I was working out, I put my earbuds in. When I was in my office, I had the music going. It was going on a constant, steady basis. And through that time in worship, I just began to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and I just surrendered to that. said, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to change in me, whatever you want to do in me, and through prayer, through that time in worship, I began to feel that, that dryness that I was having in my life just began to break off of me. And I came out of that seven days of prayer and fasting with a renewed excitement for the Lord and just totally refreshed in my heart and in my life. And that's why I am so excited about 2019 and what the Lord wants to do here within Journey Church, within our community. There's some big visions and plans that the Lord has placed within my heart that eventually I'm going to share with you guys. But, but it's one of those things, whenever I have a decision to make, whenever I, I have something in front of me, I'm always going to ask myself, and am I at a healthy place with God? Because here's what happens whenever you are not at a healthy place with God. You make decisions based off of your emotions instead of making them based off the Holy Spirit leading you and directing you. And here's the thing. We are, you may not realize this, but we are triune beings. We have a body, reach over, poke your neighbor. Okay, just poke them in the arm. Poke them hard enough where they say, ow. Okay, yeah, yeah there, there you go. There. The reason why, because we have a body. But we also have a spirit, what, what you see that the eternal part of us, our spirit, that's the part where you're born again, where you're renewed in Christ. But we also have a soul. Somebody would say, well, aren't those things the same? No, they're not. The soul is the part of us where our mind uh, exists, our, our will exists, our emotions are contained within our soul. And here's what happens. So many times, based off of our soulish part, we try to make a decision. We get angry and we make a decision, and that's usually a bad thing. Uh, we get to the place where we uh, get excited about something and, and we make a decision based off that. And that, you know what? That, that's not bad to be excited, but you don't want to make a decision based off of your emotions and being excited that is not the right decision for your life. So here's the thing. You want to make a decision based off the Holy Spirit leading you and not your emotions leading you. We, we recently, I was reading this past week, some different articles and stuff, and I found uh, an article, and I got to tell you, this is probably one of the funniest articles I've read maybe in my life. Uh, Rideau Lakes, Canada, they had a uh, retirement community where an, a 79-year-old woman, and let me make sure I get this right, 79 and 86-year-old woman, they showed up for a bingo game. They had a disagreement over the seating arrangement. They get a little tense, and they broke out into a fight. Okay. And, no, oh no, it gets better, okay? They get into a fight. I'm like, man, that sounds like two people fighting over a seat at church. Uh, and, and, and this is, they get into this disagreement and it gets emotional. And the next thing you know, they get into this fight. And the other residents were, that were there, instead of calming it down, they all jumped in and it turned into a melee. 
And I'm reading this article picturing walkers and wheelchairs and canes. And this is the first thought that I had is this. The, the number one rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. I'm like, a senior citizen's Fight Club. $100 on granny, you know. Come on, bring it. You drop kicking off that walker. I'm like, that is awesome. But it's, it's awesome because there were no serious injuries. And the cops showed up to break it up, and they didn't file any charges, okay? I'm like, I want to go to that nursing home one of these days, you know? But here's the thing. When you get emotional, you make poor decisions. So is your relationship where you are with God, or are you in a healthy place with Him? And here's the thing. There's some of you in this room right now, you're not in a healthy place with God. You're not. I can tell you how to snap out of that. One of the greatest ways... Is just begin to listen to worship. Just begin to surrender every part of your life to God. And don't pull back. Don't push back and say, God, I, you know, j- just forget it. I'm not hearing your voice. I'm aggravated and frustrated. you got to press on through that season of where you are and trust that God's going to bring you out on the other side. You're going to be better than you were before you went into that season, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes right now. Across this room, everybody in this room, close your eyes. And here's the question. Are you in a healthy place with God? There's some of you in this room right now, you're not even born again. You've never even surrendered your heart to Jesus. And here's the reality of what that means. If you die in your sin, you're going to face an eternity of being separated from God in hell. That's the honest truth of what the Word tells us. You can go to church. You can pray a prayer. But if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to take up residency within your life and change you, you will draw your last breath and step into the presence of hell. The Bible calls it the second death. So here's the reality. Do you want to surrender your life to Christ? Because the only hope that all of us have is this. Because we have a sin nature. We're born with a sin nature. We can try to be good. We can try to to work our way and do all these different things, but the sin nature dominates our life. And Jesus, he knew that the only way was to come to this earth and go to the cross. And through his sacrifice at the cross, through his death, his burial, his resurrection, we can be forgiven. The sins in our life can be forgiven. And it's our choice. We can choose to step into a relationship with God where we walk in daily with him, where he changes us. Now, here's another thing, and this is the reality. Keep your eyes closed and just be honest with God and with yourself. I'm not talking about praying a prayer because you can pray a prayer and walk out of here the same exact way because you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to take up residency within your life. You haven't allowed him to change you from the inside out. And you can walk out of here just as lost as you were before. It is genuinely, the prayer is the avenue, but it is genuinely just surrendering everything to Jesus and letting him live inside of us and change us from that moment forward, day by day. And so in this room right now, there's some of you who realize, I need to give my heart to Jesus. There's others of you who realize, I need to get my heart right with Jesus. I had a relationship, but it's time for me to renew that commitment. I've wandered away from him, and I need to get my life right with him again where I I am at a healthy place with God. And so wherever you are right now, maybe this is what you need to do. Pray something like this where you would say, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me and paying the price for my sins. I'm a sinner. I, I admit that. I am lost in my sins. And Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me. 
Make me new. And Jesus, I surrender everything of my life to you. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. And Jesus, let me walk with you day by day with you changing me. Now, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer in your heart, and you just surrendered your life to Christ, whether it was your first time or maybe you made a recommitment of faith, do this for me. Every eye closed, raise your hand. Let me see if you did that. Awesome. I love that. Oh, those hands. Praise God. And here's what you need to do. Keep your eyes closed. But here's what you need to do at the conclusion of this service. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar and meet with one of our prayer teams. Don't rush out of here. But come and meet with one of our prayer teams because they're going to pray with you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Jesus. All right, everybody open your eyes. So here's what, here's what it looks like. When I have a decision to make, I want to be in unity with the presence of God. A am I, what does the word of God say? Am I uh, at a healthy place with God? Here's the next one. Am I talking to the right people? Because here's the thing you need to know. It's good to get uh, counsel from the right people. The wrong people will tell you things that will take you out of unity with God. And you will not have the peace of God at work within your life. So are you talking to the right people? And that's why we talk about life groups around here all the time. Because being a life group, it's very valuable for you to have the right people in your life that you can go to and bounce things off of. I have that. I have friends that I talk to about different stuff. As a church, we want to make sure that as journey moves forward, there's questions. And sometimes I don't know, how are we going to handle this? You know, as we move forward as a church, there's decisions that we have to make. And so here's what's really cool. We have overseers who are other pastors that I call. And I say, hey, this is what I'm facing. What do you think? You know, and they'll give me counsel on that. We have a board of directors here at Journey Church that, uh, that I, we walk, walk in unity together. We talk through decisions and things as we move forward as a church. Make sure that you are talking to the right people. Because Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14, I love how it sums this up. It says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. That is just a practical proverb that you can have within your life. So make sure that you're talking to the right people so that you are walking in unity with God. There's peace there in your heart. And then it goes hand in hand with the next one. Do I feel God's peace over this decision that I have to make? If you feel that something is an impression from God, hey, I, I had this decision to make and I really feel like this is God, but you feel rushed, you feel pressured, you feel anxious, you feel like you know there's just no peace over that situation, then I'm going to tell you something straight up. That's not God, okay? Pastor Jay, how do you know? Because that's not how God operates. He's not going to make you feel anxious and stressed out, worrying about stuff. I, I, I know that this is from God. I'm telling you, it's not. God leads us through peace. And even though you might be in a situation where you have to make a decision, that peace doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy decision, but no matter how difficult it might be, you're still going to have the sense of peace within your heart, within your life, okay? And so you need to know that. That's how God leads us. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says this, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Everybody say peace. And if you don't feel peace in a decision, here's, what I, here's counsel I will give you. If you don't feel peace in a decision that you have to make, if you want to be in unity with God because we're better together when we're walking with the Holy Spirit leading us, if you don't feel peace in a decision, then do two, one of two things. Run away from it or wait for a season. Okay? I usually wait about three days or a week, and I want to make sure I'm not making an emotional decision. I have to feel God's peace in that situation. 
And then here's the last one. This is the hardest one of all. And I ask myself this on a regular basis whenever I have a decision to make. Is it my will or is it God's will? Is it just simply something that I want? Am I trying to push this agenda and this is what I want? Or God, is this truly your will? Because that's the, that's the ultimate filter, but it's also the hardest one. And here are two perspectives. I'm not going to have you turn here, but in the book of Isaiah, you see Lucifer, you get a kind of a snapshot of when he rebelled against God. If you don't know who Lucifer is, that's, that's the devil. Uh, he actually was an angel uh, in heaven. He was an archangel. He was one of the ones who, uh, he was responsible for worship. And so he got haughty and puffed up and prideful. And in Isaiah, you see a time where we get this snapshot of when he, when he rose up against God and he was cast out of heaven, and it's all about him. He, you know, I will ascend myself above the throne of God. I will this, I will that, I, 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 me, 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 Okay. Then you go into whenever Jesus, right before he went to the cross, the Garden of Gethsemane, and you see Jesus praying and talking to the Father, and he says something, and I'm just paraphrasing, he says something basically, God, I know I have to go to the cross. If there's another way, that'd be awesome, but not my will, but yours, okay? Not me, you. And here's the thing. Where do we fall in that? Me, 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 I, I, I? Or God, I really want your will for my life. That's a hard filter, but I'm going to tell you something. If you want to walk in God's will for your life, if you want to be in unity with God, if you want peace within your life, if you want to know the Holy Spirit's leading you, then walk out his will. Come to the place where you can say, you know what? This honestly is something that that I'm trying to push because I want it, okay? Push on through that and push for God's will over your will, amen? And then here are, as we wrap this up, here are three steps that I look at these, these, these different questions, these filters, I apply these to my life. But as believers, what happens is typically we find ourselves at one of three steps of faith. When you're new in your faith, one of the things that happens oftentimes, you, you come to Christ, you're new in your faith, but a lot of times you find yourself at this place, I want what I want. In other words, it's like, God, I love you, you're a good God and all that kind of stuff, but in reality, I want what I want. And, and here's the thing. We, we kind of, as a culture, we have bought into that thing, hook, line, and sinker. It's all about me. I want what I want, okay? And I, y'all heard me talk about this earlier. I love Waffle House, okay? Waffle House is good, y'all. I might go there for lunch after church. No, she said no. Okay. Uh, she hates Waffle House. This is what she says. It's cold and it's nasty. And I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, I'm, 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 it's a joke, okay? All right. But it's funny because I was there the other day and I asked the, one of the little girls, I said, hey, listen, we got to talking about hash browns. And I said, uh, can you make my hash browns? I don't want any oil in there. Can you steam my hash browns? She said, absolutely. We, can, we put them on the grill, no oil. They'll be, you know, steamed and, and all that good stuff. And we get to talking about hash browns and all the options we have at Waffle House. You can get them with ham, you can get them chunk, you can get a scattered, covered cheese, you can get chili on them, you can get tomatoes, how, all these di- mushrooms. And basically, this is what she said whatever you want, we'll make it happen for you. I'm like, this, it's almost kind of like, like heaven at Waffle House. <laughs> and I said, straight up, I just want them steamed, no, no oil on them or anything like that. And, uh, I started thinking about that. That's kind of what we have bought into as a people. I want, I want it my way, okay? Even within the church, 
we, we fall into this so many times in our early on in our Christianity. God, I love you, but I want what I want. Okay, because it really, so many times it is about us. And here's what Scripture shows us. James chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go about this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. In other words, what that verse is trying to tell us is, as Christians, it's okay for us to make plans, but it's better for us to come to the place where we really surrender our plans to him. Okay, God, It kind of looks like this. Real Christianity is exactly what Jesus said. Lord, it's not my will, but it's your will. Okay, And I get it. Early on in your faith, it's kind of you begin to push. You have this, but you got to push past this. Remember, you don't want to get stuck where you are. You want to be better and come out on another season growing in your faith. So if your mindset is, I want what I want, push that, push through that. Okay, God, not my will, but your will. Okay, here's the next step. And this is one that so many Christians, we get stuck in this. I want what God wants. I want what God wants. Come on, say it. I want but what God wants. There it is. And, and we, we've talked about this before we, in several different ways in, in regards to our faith. One of the things that I said, this is several years back, I said, you know, as Christians, we love God, but we, we have big butts. And uh, it's true. All right. I said, I said that years back. I remember people posted about that on Facebook. Pastor, they said, we got big butts, you know. And... And here's the reality. This is the way I'm going to say it. Put that back up for me, guys. Here's how I'm going to say this today, where we get to this phase. I want what God wants, but, and here's what happens. Our butt gets in the way, okay? And the question is, are you at this season, are you at this phase in your walk with God where your butt gets in the way of what he wants for your life? Well, God, I love you, but, but I, I'm comfortable where I am. God, I love you, but I don't, I don't want to change. God, I love you, and, but I, and I know I got this sin in my life, but, I, uh, but we get stuck there, okay? Do not get stuck here because God's got better in store for you. In fact, Mark 10, Jesus, this is one of the things he said to Rich Young Roy. He said, looked at him, he loved me. He said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. I'm kind of running through this because I'm running out of time because I got something I want y'all to do here in just a moment. But this is the rich young ruler. And he said, he ran, Jesus, I want to serve you. I'm excited. But, and it kept him from God's best for his life. If you want to walk in unity with God, drop the butt. Okay, and it has to come to this where we mature in our faith. And this is what step three looks like as we grow in maturity. I want what God wants, period. Amen. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. And this is the place we all need to be. This is the place where we mature to, where we grow to. And this is the secret to really walking at that place where God's peace is there. Holy Spirit's directing you. And you might have some ideas. You might have some plans. But ultimately, you say, you know what, Holy Spirit, it, it really is you lead me. I'm better together with you leading me, and I want what you want. And here is where Jesus said this, Luke 9, 23. He was talking when he said to all the people, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. He didn't say take up your cross a couple times a year, take up your cross every now and then, take up your cross just on Sunday morning. He said take up that cross every single day and follow him. 
And here's what I'm going to tell you. Cross is not comfortable. Cross is not, we, we have these nice pretty pictures of Jesus hanging on the cross and you know, everybody's around the cross and it's, it's, a, it's a holy moment, but it's so pretty. And I'm just going to tell you something. Crucifixion was not pretty. Crucifixion was brutal. Crucifixion was one of those things that was agonizing. And it was not a picture that you would paint in a pretty way because it, it was horrific. It was a feared, probably one of the most feared forms of execution. And Jesus is saying, hey, you want to be my disciple? Take up your cross. Not going to be comfortable. If you're going to allow me to lead you, you're going to be in unity with me. If you're going to walk in my will and your plans, there's going to be times where it's not going to be comfortable. But if you want my best for your life, take up your cross and follow me daily. And here's where it comes down for all of us as believers. We have to say, Lord, I surrender to you. Not my will, but your will. I surrender to you. And so here's what I'm going to ask you. Stand to your feet. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come join me on the platform. And here's the question. They're about to lead us in a song called King of My Heart. And the question is this for all of us. Is where you, we talk about in relationship with God, we talk about where are you at? Are you at a healthy place with him? And there are some of us in this room right now that maybe you're going through that dry season. Maybe you're walking through that season. You need to be refreshed by the presence of God. There's some of you in this room where you, you're holding on to sin and you're saying, God, I know you want to change me, but uh-uh, but. And it's, you're at that place where you need to surrender that. You need to, you need to give that over to the Lord. You need to allow him to change you. There's some of you in this room right now, your, your marriage is at the place where it's not too healthy and you need God to heal that. And here's the reason why you need to have it healed. Because so many times within our marriage, we're stubborn. So many times within our marriage, we're prideful. And we need to drop that and we need to say, God, let your will within my life be done. Change me to be more like you so that I can love my spouse and serve my spouse and honor my spouse the way that Jesus would. Amen? So I've invited the team up here today, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into one song of worship, and I'm going to ask you to respond to the Holy Spirit to allow Him to minister to your heart. And today, let Him refresh you. Today, let Him work within you. Today, let Him change you. Because trust me in this, you are better together with the presence of God. Holy Spirit leading you. Amen?